Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever. Interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? So first of all, I like to start off with a quote. Intuition is a very powerful thing, more powerful than intellect in my opinion. Anyone know who said that? Okay. No, but I have a quote from him later. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah. He really was a visionary in every sense of the word. He was a, a visual intuitive. He really trusted that intuition. He, it never failed him. He may have made some missteps from time to time, but really it just led him to greater and greater success. And he credits his intuition for his success. All right. So think you're pretty intuitive. You're in good company. Warren Buffett. Oprah, also very intuitive. Bill Gates. Napoleon Hill from the 1920s, he wrote Think and Grow Rich. Albert Einstein, somebody said Albert Einstein earlier. And there's a great quote from him. The only real valuable thing is intuition. Okay. And all of these people credit their success to their developed intuition. This is not a woo-woo, airy-fairy type of gift that we all have. It is something that we can rely on, and it's something very universal. Even if you're not in touch with your intuition, you can learn to develop it, and you can learn to trust it. And we'll talk about a lot of different ways to do that. All right, so the seven attributes of intuitive business leaders, Steve Jobs, of course, included. First of all, they take action based on vision. These intuitive leaders are not motivated by external goals. They're inspired by their inner vision. Next, they set trends. They do not follow them. Intuitive leaders are bored by doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, and they receive great satisfaction by creating approaches, products, and industries that are original and transformative. These are things that they do that are different than everyone else because they've got the vision to see what that could be, whether it's an innovation, a product or service or a new way of doing things. They think outside of the box and they don't follow along what's already been done. Innovative and intuitive business leaders are able to let things go that no longer work, no longer viable. They grasp the important lessons which empower them to cultivate new plans of action and move forward with greater certainty and focus. And further, intuitive business leaders 
allow others on their team to thrive, to excel, and to contribute. They don't do it on their own. They realize that intuition can be a collaborative effort. As people who feel and sense things deeply, they know how to support and encourage the members of their team by creating trust and connection, so generating a safe yet energized environment that brings out the innovative best in everyone. And I don't know if you can see this, but I've highlighted, italicized actually, the words feel and sense things deeply. This is very important for reasons that we'll get to, but people who are highly intuitive, they're in touch with these senses of, of feeling and emotion that allow them to have greater access to their intuition. Next, they thrive when others say it can't be done. Oh yeah, watch me. They excel even more when creating something that no one else has considered before and that many would think impossible because often these things seem impossible that they do because they've not been done before but intuitive business leaders know differently. Six, they ask evolved questions. How can we be different? We'll generate more results than questions like, how do we do less and make more? How are we different? How can we be different? Certainly, Steve Jobs mastered this. In fact, the tagline for Apple products for a long time was think different. And those products revolutionized many of the way we do things. Next, these leaders are able to cultivate solutions and courses of actions in multiple directions. They're not linear. They don't take action based in linear thinking. They're able to combine their experience and improvisation to cultivate an expansive middle ground of, vig of vigorous creativity that leaves old paradigms crumbling in the dust. So doing things in a new way, seeing the vision beyond what's already been done, that's what truly innovative and intuitive-based leaders do. So what is intuition? It's that gut feeling. Courtney referenced that earlier. She said, I felt in my gut, right? It's that gut feeling. It's the hunch that we have that we can't explain. It's an instinct, much like animals have instinct. They know when an earthquake is coming. They know when floods are coming. We have a similar type of instinct that lets us know what's going to be in our best interest and what's maybe not in our best interest. It's a spidey sense, if you will. It's also that still soft voice within. And it's easy to ignore and it's easy not to pick up on it. Intuition's also that inner knowing. You just, I don't know how I know it, I just know it. It's that idea that pops into your brain out of nowhere. And this is how I've lived my whole life. I was a very intuitive child and I just knew things. I didn't know how I knew them, but I just did. It's an innate guidance that guides us through our life. Intuition is your brain on autopilot. The conscious mind stops functioning. The intuitive mind takes over. The intuition is actually much smarter than your conscious mind can be. It's something we all have. We're all born with this intuition. We're all born with this instinct. We can learn to turn it off. 
We can learn to not trust it, or we can learn to develop it and trust it. I love this quote, Indiana Jones. I have a bad feeling about this, <laughs> right? I think this pretty much sums it up. He didn't let that stop him, but he knew going into situations that things might not work out well. Um, we all have this sense. You know, how many of us have had a sense of, I really shouldn't have done that, and I knew that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what can we do with our intuition? We can create new products, new services, new ways of doing things. We can create because we're dismissing what's been done before and we're looking at it with that greater vision. We can bring in new ideas and solutions, etc. Again, it's bringing in these new ideas because we're not listening to the old ideas. We're following our own path, our own intuition. We can use our intuition to help us make decisions when we have a good feeling about something or a bad feeling about something. We can alter our course when it feels very strongly. We can take smarter, more calculated risks. We can also avoid bad situations and discern real threats from imaginary threats. I like this graphic. I don't know if you'll be able to see all of it because it's kind of small. But we start here when what we do with our intuition, okay, we, first of all, we're taking in data. Data is down here. It's statistics. It's facts. It's numbers. It's figures. We're gathering this data to form information. Information is the trends between the data. It's what's similar. It's the patterns of this data. We apply it to our knowledge. What do we already know? We're incorporating it with, us, with our current experiences, our past experiences, which give us insight into these patterns, gives us insight into what might develop next or flow from it, which develops into inspiration, which then develops into intuition. So basically we're taking our intuition from all of these things that we already know and allowing our intuition to take over, which then leads to innovation. So we can even think of it backward. If we're wanting to be innovative, how do we get there? Well, we listen to our intuition, which was founded on our inspiration, based on our insight, coming from our knowledge, coming from information, and coming from data. We'll be talking about this further in the next couple of slides. Any questions so far? So where does the intuition come from? I love this quote from Rumi, the poet. There's a voice that doesn't use words. Listen. And it can come in a variety of different ways. So... It may come from the collective consciousness, all of the thoughts and experiences and feelings and emotions around us. We're swimming in all of this all the time. If you, talk, if you went to my last talk on protecting your energy, I talked about how all of our thoughts and our energy circulates around us. So our intuition comes in part from the collective consciousness, from the subconscious, the part of our mind that is behind our consciousness, from your higher self, we can also call it our soul or oversoul, if you believe that type of thing. I do. So that can come from your higher self, from God, from spirit, the divine. Again, whatever you call it, however you're on board with that. But really, does it matter? Right. When we are living in our intuition and we're trusting it, it doesn't matter where it comes from. 
It just matters whether we can trust it and we feel comfortable with it. And if we're listening and paying attention to it. So no matter where it comes from, just know that it's something that you can trust. And if it's positive and helpful, then it really doesn't matter where it comes from. Just know that you can trust it. All right. So intuition and action. These are some actual case studies. So in early 2001, Patrick had this nagging and reoccurring feeling that he ought to move his some of his finances around, some of his investments. He ignored that feeling time again, time and time again, and he suffered a huge financial loss on September 11th. Now, here's a, a case where he knew what was the right thing to do and he just ignored it. He thought, oh, I'm just making that up, I'm being crazy, that doesn't make any sense. And the next story, in 1996, Cindy was invited to a birthday party for somebody she barely knew, and it was half the country away. She had a very strong feeling that she couldn't ignore, that she should go. And she even had to borrow $200 for airfare. At the party, she met the, uh, she met the man that she later married, and they discussed marriage that same night. Oh, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> so it made absolutely no sense to, for her to go to this party. She received the invitation in the mail. She's like, I barely know this person. It might be good networking, but I'm really not in that circle. Uh, I don't have the money for it. Every reason that she shouldn't go to this thing, but she just had this nagging feeling that she couldn't ignore. I need to be there. And it turned out that it changed her life. And then the last story. After accepting a lucrative position, Angela became extremely ill. She had a feeling that it had to do with this job, so she turned it down. Shortly after, the promised merger that was to lead to bigger incomes for everybody was put on hold, and the employees were losing money. The lesson? If something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And there's a reason for that. Our intuition rarely lies. In her case, she could have thought, well, it's the stress of changing jobs. That's caused me to be sick. Oh, there's something going around. Oh, my mother had this. My father had this, so I would get it too. There could have been any reasons that she'd latched on to for why, was she be, why she would be sick. But she really had a feeling that it was this new job that she was about to take. When she turned it down, it turned out that was the right course of action. She would have lost money had she taken that position. So she trusted that nagging feeling. All right, so when to follow your intuition? First, it's often right about trust, whether you should trust somebody or not trust somebody. If you feel like you can trust them, great. If you feel like you can't, listen to that. Gather more information, more data. It's right about positive growth. I have this nagging this nagging intuition that I should buy a drum. And I thought, why buy a drum? The answer came, you need to do drumming circles. Really, I hate drumming circles. <laughs> I really don't like drumming circles. Why would I do that? Get a drum. No, get a drum. Okay, so I got a drum. And uh, I went to some drumming circles. Oh my goodness, it was immediately healing and transformative. And I seriously crave drumming circles now. Um, that was something that was positive for me, and it was a, a step in a new, growth, uh, a new growth avenue. So whatever makes you feel passionate and connected, follow that. Listen to what excites you or draws your deep interest. If you feel there's a new area to learn about or master, then make a plan and move toward it. You might feel like you need to learn web design for some reason. You don't know why. Photography, don't know why, but you feel drawn to it. Pursue it. 
there's no harm that can come of that and only growth. The intuition is always right about what's positive for your growth. Intuition operates best after effort, after effort. Sorry, don't listen to your gut if it says quit before you've really started it. If it's, that's fear, not intuition. If something inside you discourages you from taking on new or difficult things, it's probably just fear. Intuition is most accurate in movement, forward momentum. So take a couple of action steps toward what you want despite the fear. Reevaluate. If you're truly, truly feeling fear after you've started forward movement, you might listen to that. But just know that it can disguise itself as fear sometimes. Intuition reminds us about our faith. If you sense that it's time to reconnect with your values, that you've strayed off of your own internal path, or you feel that you're not being your best self, then listen to that message. It's not going to steer you wrong. Your intuition is reminding you to connect to something higher, to connect to your bigger values. Now we're going to move on to how to grow your intuition. We're all born with it. We all have access to it, but we can also develop it and grow it. First, you want to recognize your intuition. You want to listen to it. You want to trust it. It is necessary. Listen recognize, listen, trust, repeat over and over again. The more you trust it, the stronger it gets. In fact, your intuition is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. You can also ask yourself, what does my intuition want me to know right now? Then wait. The answer may not come right away. It may take a while. It's time to get quiet and really listen. If all else fails, take a break, step back, and sleep on it. Has anybody had a solution come to you when you were asleep? Yes. yes. You know why that is? Because your conscious mind is shutting up. Your conscious mind is off. So that can pop in a lot more easily. And that's a very well-known thing, that just sleep on it, and the answer will come. You can also use what I call the one, two, three rule that we'll get to in the next slide. <laughs> I love this. I told you so. Your gut instinct. We often have this feeling if we don't listen to our intuition. All right, so the one, two, three rule is if the feeling or thought randomly pops into your awareness one time, eh, it's a fluke, one off. If that feeling or thought randomly pops into your awareness two times, ooh, it's a coincidence, although there's really no coincidences. We can think, oh, it's a coincidence. And then if the feeling or thought randomly pops into your awareness three times, act. So if you ignore your intuition, it will keep knocking. Remember Patrick, who had the nagging feeling he should move his investments. It'll keep knocking. You can choose to ignore it. You can choose to not listen to it, but it'll keep knocking. So when it starts knocking three or more times, you definitely want to act on it. You can also kill your intuition if you wanted to. 
You can overthink it, whatever it is. You can question or doubt yourself. We call that analysis paralysis. You can dismiss that still, small voice. No one says you have to follow your intuition. No one says you have to follow that internal guidance. So you can dismiss it if you want to. You can ignore the feeling. You can keep your mind too busy so that it's constantly chattering and you can't receive that intuition. You can allow your emotions to take over, also clouding your mind. You can allow fear to take over and that will block any ideas that come to you if you're too fearful. Like this woman. She's just paralyzed by all of the decisions. So you can also learn what your intuition style is. We all have learning styles. We all have our own love language. We all have our own intuition style. And you may recognize that in this list. If you're the type of person who tends to say, I know what you mean, or I see what you mean, I see what you mean, oh yeah, I can see that, then your intuition may come in visual clues. Watch for synchronicities and solutions that take shape as images. So this would be, in my profession, what we call clairvoyance. And you may not believe that that's what you're doing, but when you're seeing clearly what the signs around you are, what the images that you're having pop into your mind, when you're paying attention to those, that's what, really what it is. You're seeing it clearly. And I'll give you an example of this. Um, I was going through a very bad period in my life, the breakup of a relationship, and I was driving down 71 Highway to my therapist's office, and I was listening to all of these CDs at the time of Abraham Hicks. I know Mona knows them. And it's very just wise information and counseling, and um, I was just really good, good emotional input. And um, I was listening to that a lot. I was listening to it on, on my drive. And I was driving along, driving and, driving and crying, Abraham, if you're listening to me, I need to know that you're there, and I need to know everything's going to be okay. A panel van pulled in front of me. On the back of the van, it said, Abraham, the name you know, the people you trust. It's not always going to be that blatant. <laughs> but pay attention to signs. And yes, I am a very visual person. If you're the type of person who says, oh, I hear what you're saying. Oh, I hear you. Oh, I, I hear that. Then you may be the type of person who receives through hearing. You might hear actually a soft voice in your head or around you. Has anybody had that experience? As I see some nods, nobody wants to actually raise their hand. Okay, good. We've got a couple over here. Yes, there we go. It's kind of disorienting. It can, be, it can be frightening, but that actually does happen. You might hear something on the radio. You turn on the radio, you scan through the dial, and you hear something exactly what you needed to hear. Or a song. You turn into the lyrics, and you go, oh, I didn't realize it said that. That's exactly what I needed to know. You may overhear a conversation in the grocery store checkout line, or at a party. And it's like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about that, and I wondered about it, and here they are talking about it. So pay, that's just what you cue into. That's overhearing. If you're the type of person who says, oh, I have a sense about that, 
or I have a feeling that fill in the blank. Then you might be one who observes physical cues. We call that clairsentience, something that you feel or take in through the senses. That would be a gut feeling, goosebumps, I call them truth bumps. You might have a sick feeling or headache whenever you think of a certain project or you think about a certain place or a certain person. Anything that you feel in your body is how you might receive your intuition. And then lastly, if you're the type of person who says, oh, I know what you mean, I was like, oh, I know, then we call that claircognizance, where a perfect solution just plunk, pops down into your brain. Or you just know if somebody can be trusted or not. It's just that, I don't know how I know it, but I know it. Oh, yes. And that's a very good point. Um, you can have all of them in varying degrees. So it's just like a learning style. You might be primarily visually oriented, a visual learner, secondary, auditory learner, third, kinesthetic learner. So same thing with this. I am primarily claircognizant. I uh, grew up that way and followed by clairvoyant, seeing images and things in my mind, um, followed by clairaudient, no, then uh, clairsentient, and then clairaudient. So, and you can develop it too. Like over time, I developed the, the, um, the sentience a lot, where now I can feel people's emotions and, and their ailments. So you can develop these, but yes, we have them in varying degrees. All right, so eight key secrets to intuition. First, to re receive intuition, you need to be relaxed, receptive, passive, and open. So you can notice the subtle things that pop up. They are subtle. And you notice how I said that it's easier to receive a, a, some insight, sudden insight when you're asleep? That's because your conscious mind is shut off. And so you need to be just relaxed, receptive, open, keep your mind clear. Notice the subtle things. Then to use that intuitive part of the brain, and it is the left part of the brain that's more intuitive, I mean, sorry, the right part of the brain that's more intuitive, the left part is analytical, don't try to figure it out or judge it. So the moment you're trying to apply logic, you're trying to apply analysis, you're kicking yourself out of this right side of the brain. So it's a very different cognitive function. All right, so don't try to figure it out or judge it, just accept it. Intuition can come in fragments, like piecemeal, and it's sometimes symbolic. Just like charades, your intuitive mind is giving you information in pantomimes and signs, especially true for the visual people. So, very good example. I had a client. I was connecting with his grandmother who had deceased many years before, and she kept showing me these oranges, this little branch with oranges on it, little oranges. And I said, okay, well, I have to ask, what does that, what does that mean to you? He said, well, my family and I were down in Florida last week, and we bought some Satsuma oranges. We were excited to have them, but they weren't very good. I said, all right, well, perhaps this is a sign that your grandmother was with you and observing what was going on. So I continued working with her and talking with her, and she just kept showing me these oranges over and over again. It's like, I'm trying to tell you, get it, get this message. And I said, okay, I'm wanting to ask her more directly about the oranges. Can you give me her name? And he said, Clementine. <laughs> so you might get this information and have to figure out what the heck it means. 
right? But once you start inquiring and, excuse me, inquiring and putting all the signs and symbols together, hopefully a picture will arise. We'll come to what to do if that does not happen. And so believing that you can receive intuition, even just a little bit of that belief, boosts its power and your ability to access and understand the message. This is true of anything. If you believe you can, you can. The mind is so powerful. Other secrets. Intuition can come from outside of you. We talked about this earlier in the words someone says to you. Lyrics you hear in music or a sign or license plate that you see as you pass and that's just in the form of just the right word or message that you need to see, that is your message. Another example, I was working with a client and I got a message that she needed to work with what's called a violet flame. It's just a, it's a spiritual tool. You need to work with the violet flame. She said, well, what is that? I said, well, there, you can do it with meditations. I'll send you some links so that you can follow some meditations. After she saw me, she went to a bookstore, a metaphysical bookstore, and the guy behind the counter said, oh, hey, I don't know if you'd be interested, but we just got these CDs in of Violet Flame Meditations. Oh. Right? And so she's like, okay, well, that was something that somebody said that I really definitely needed to hear. Maybe there's something to this. You can also trigger your intuition by asking yourself questions in your mind. And we talked about this in an earlier slide. Intuition, what do I need to know? What do I need to know now? And then just wait. You can always ask for clarity. And this is what I was talking about. If you don't understand what you might feel like you're receiving, you can always ask for clarity in your mind if you don't understand what the intuitive sign or message means. And then wait. Trust that the answer is coming. It may not come right away. right? It may take a few days, maybe a week or more. But just trust that the answer is coming. Also, you have to let go. Let go of the conscious mind. Let go of the need to analyze. Let go of the need to have logic applied. Let go to access your highest intuition. Forcing an answer can actually block you from receiving an answer. If you don't get an answer right away, let it go. I will spare you the song. So using intuition in business, and this is probably what's mo of most interest to all of us right now as business people, read, read, read. We need the data. Remember the chart that at the bottom had data, leads to knowledge, leads to, leads to information, to knowledge, all the way up to innovation. Read, read, read. Gather your data. Gain as much knowledge as you can. Applying that data to what you already know creates Knowledge. So increase your knowledge base. Allow your knowledge base to serve as a bank. When you need to make a decision, trust that the answer is in this bank and allow your intuition to find it. So you've got the knowledge in there somewhere. And then what you're tasking your intuition with is comb through, find it, send me signs, send me validation outside of myself, send me validation inside myself, send me the messages I need to know. Find that information, put it into my awareness. One study found that the most successful salespeople trusted their intuition but further improved results by adding deliberative thinking. In other words, data 
plus intuition equals better decisions. And I guarantee this is how Warren Buffett, Oprah, Bill Gates, Albert Einstein, Steve Jobs all approach their decisions. Data plus intuition. Any questions? How do we know that our intuition is working? Yes, you have a question. I'm listening to a book. Oh, yes. Perfect. The question was, for those of you live streaming, what is the difference between intuition and emotional intelligence? Well, the short answer is they're very, very similar. And remember, a f several slides ago, I highlighted that people who are innovative business leaders, they feel deeply and sense things deeply. So that is the emotional intelligence part. So when we open up our emotional intelligence, we are more sensitive to what's going on around us. We understand what people are feeling and experiencing. We understand the energy around us, which allows for greater intuition. They are very, very similar, and I would say they, they dovetail together, right? F flow together very well. Okay, they're not replaceable for one the other, but somebody who's very intuitive will have a high emotional intelligence, and vice versa. That's the same part of the brain we're using. So, of course, the, the right side of the brain is our emotive, our sensitive, our more spiritual, connected side of the brain. And when we're swimming in emotions and when we have that emotional intelligence, we're mo more open to receiving intuition. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Good, good. Does that answer your question? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> so how do we know that all of this is working? There may be a hum in your chest or in your gut. And it's hard to explain it in other terms. It just feels like a, like a hum. You may have a warm feeling that comes over you. Or you may have a cool feeling that comes over you, like a cold chill that comes over you. Synchronicities appear. Synchronicity is like the woman who found out about violet flames and then she, like, ran into somebody who said, here, I have a CD for you. This is a synchronicity. I had wanted to start a podcast for a very, very long time, didn't know how to start one, ran into a whole bunch of brick walls when I was trying to find out how to do it and what needed to be done, what equipment, what software. It's just running into some brick walls until a client happened to mention that his father owns a recording studio, a commercial recording studio here in town, and he knows how to do that. And I said, well, do you think you could help me start a podcast? He says, yeah. I said, well, how much would you charge? Nothing. I just like what you do, and I want to get the word out. Like, Seriously? So when it was ready, I just used my intuition to say, I need to talk to everybody about this. And he seemed like a very good person to talk to about it. And it, it just all fell together. We're going to be launching within a week of the podcast. So the synchronicities will start to appear once You've tapped into that intuition, and you're really guided by it. Watch for synchronicities. Again, things become easy and fall into place when you're guided by that inner knowing. You might experience changes arising in your body. You might have some nervousness, some agitation, a feeling of dread even. Shaky hands, legs, with the goose bumps, the truth bumps that I talked about earlier. You might actually feel it in your body. So 
if you're the type of person who is more sensitive to your body and that type of thing, you can certainly pay attention, but anybody might feel this in their body. Does anybody feel those type of things? Yes, ma'am. That is a very good question. The question was, why, these seem like very different things. Why, would, why do some of these things seem very positive, but changes in your body may be very negative? Well, if this is something that you really shouldn't do, you shouldn't trust, you'll feel it negatively in your body. When it's positive and it's in the right direction, things will start to flow together. Does that make sense? So this would be for the changes in your body, the nervousness, the shakiness, the gut feeling, the sinking feeling, the feeling of dread. That's, don't do that. <laughs> when things are positive and you're tapped into something that's going to be beneficial to you, things will start to flow along like they need to flow. Okay, so is that clearer? Okay, thank you. Good question. Because for other people going, well, no, wait a minute, that doesn't yeah. compute, right? So really, we're talking about different applications of your intuition. So for applications that are going to be positive for you, something that you definitely should do, you may feel the warm feeling. You may feel the, the hum in your chest, so you, things start to flow for you. But when it's Indiana Jones saying, I've got a bad feeling about this, then it's down here. And I can tell pretty quickly if somebody's worth trusting, if somebody's hiding something. And, you, and I'm sure you can too. Whether you feel like a situation is good or negative for you, you may feel that negatively in your body. How do you... Oh, sorry. How would you know that versus somebody that's not listening to their intuition? At versus you are tapped into your intuition and Fred is telling you don't do that. That's a very good question. When you feel like you keep getting tapped to do something uh -huh. and then it fills you with dread, it's like, but you keep feeling tapped to do it, yes. then that's how you know. For example, a friend of mine felt drawn to go to Croatia. And he's like, I don't want to go to Croatia go to Croatia. I don't want to. But it caused fear in him. But he went and it was an overwhelmingly positive experience. It was the fear of the unknown, the fear of, you know, what am I going to do there? I don't know why I'm being drawn to this. So that would, that would be your answer. So I, and I know it can be confusing. It's like, I'm, a, I'm afraid of this. Why would I keep going? If you still feel like you're being called to do it, but it's making you really nervous, Try to work through it. Keep moving, because intuition works better with motion and with movement. And if you're still feeling that fear and it's getting more intense, listen to that. Yes, we have another question. Yes. Yes. Asked you to go, and then maybe saw something on TV, and there it was again. Yes. 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 When you, it keeps coming up for you, this is something good to do. Keep doing it. And then once we actually clue into that and start taking action, notice how you feel. 
It's normal to feel a little fear, especially when you're going way outside of your box. Going. If it still feels overwhelming and your feeling of, I need to do this, changes to the negative, you might pay attention to that. Any other questions like that? These are excellent questions. Excellent questions. And that's honestly what keeps us from using our intuition. Right? We feel guided to do something. It's like, but that's scary. Like my podcast. I kept having this not nagging feeling, do a podcast. That's really putting myself out there. Do I want to do that? Do a podcast. Will I be able to find people who want to be on? Do a podcast. And the same thing with buying the drum. I don't want a freaking drum. <laughs> I hate drum circles. Get a drum. So it's that type of thing. We can argue with it and we can ignore it, and we can say, yes, but, but when we still get that nagging call. You, know, you can always change your mind later if you want to, but just follow that, follow that call when it keeps coming up. Okay? And if it feels really, really awful, really negative, and you're feeling that in your gut, feeling it in your body, then reevaluate. Does that make sense? Okay, excellent questions. All right, these are more tools to grow your intuition. Meditation, and I cannot stress this highly enough, because when we clear that conscious mind out of the way that judges, that doubts, that tries to overanalyze, that has analysis paralysis, when we shut that off, it's amazing what we can come up with. And that's why I bring meditation to two major corporations in the area. Would love to do more if anybody wants to bring meditation. Shameless plug, right? So uh, meditation truly helps with this. And I tell you, I can't talk highly enough about Steve Jobs. He was such a visionary. When he crossed over, when he died, the only book on his iPad was Autobiography of a Yogi by Yogananda, the man who brought Transcendental Meditation over to the West. Google has meditation pods in their offices. And they have a program for their employees called Seek Inside Yourself. Search Inside Yourself, I think. And it's about meditation and looking inside. I mean, Google is a huge company. Garmin has meditation pods. Ford used to have meditation time that they let their employees do during lunchtime. So it's catching on and it's, it's proven. So this is a big tool. As well as mindfulness. Uh, mindfulness and meditation usually get confused. I always call mindfulness meditation's cool, hip, younger sister because mindfulness is something that is more of a catchword now. Uh, meditation's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Mindfulness is fairly new on the scene, but really it's basically waking meditation. Mindfulness is being aware of what's going on inside you and outside you. We can walk very mindfully, and it's very similar to meditation. When we're walking, we can feel our body moving, taking the steps. We clear our minds so that we're only focused on that movement. We're looking around us. We're taking stock of what's going on around us. How many times during the day are you thinking of 10 million different things? Maybe you're on the phone. You're trying to walk and do these things all at the same time, and, and you're really not doing any of it very well because you're not fully present. Mindfulness is that presence, being present, where your mind's not a million places at once. You're not racing ahead of the in the future, where you have absolutely no power. You're not rehashing the past, 
where you have no power. You are fully present in the moment where you have power. Okay? And being mindful is being aware of the sensations in your body, the thoughts in your mind, what's going on around you. So you can notice these subtle signs outside of yourself, the billboards that you pass a million times, and then one day you notice it. It's like, oh my gosh, that's the answer I wanted. So, but you have to be in a state where you're aware. You can't do this with your mind elsewhere. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. And how do these help? Again, by getting your emotion out of the way and quieting that chatter in your mind. We can't receive our best intuition when our mind is constantly busy, when we just can't calm that chatter. And people tell me all the time in meditation class, but Christy, I cannot quiet your mind. You know what? Nobody can. The Dalai Lama cannot quiet his mind. Meditators who've been meditating for decades and decades, monks, cannot quiet. You can't stop your heart from beating, right? You can't stop your lungs from breathing, and you can't stop your mind from thinking. But what you can do is quiet it. When your heart is racing, you can learn to calm it down. When your breath is rapid and out of control, you can learn to quiet it. Same thing with your mind, and that's what meditation and mindfulness do, is help you just quiet your mind so that you allow for other stuff to come in. It's like cleaning the RAM on your computer, or the ROM, I can never keep those straight. But it's like clearing the cache in your computer so that you've got more memory available. Like this. So I was looking for an image to use here, and I wanted to use uh, a woman meditating. Sorry, guys. But I wanted to use uh, a woman meditating. And I came across this, and I said, you know what? This is perfect. Because all of the other images I was finding are people sitting cross-legged doing this with their fingers, you know, this little, like, ohm type of pose. And they were all staged. And honestly, I've been to so many group meditations. I lead group meditation. It, we don't do that. <laughs> we honestly don't. Um, but I love what this woman is doing. She's mindful. She's in the present moment. She doesn't have her tablet. She doesn't have her phone. She doesn't have her laptop. She doesn't have a book. She's mindful. She's aware of her surroundings. Um, she's at a lake, taking in the air. She's feeling the air. She's being mindful. She's quieting her mind. And really, that's meditative. Anything is meditation if you do it with mindfulness, honestly. Raking the leaves, doing your dishes, driving. Sorry, you ever drive to a place and you don't rem remember your drive there? Yeah. It's very meditative. Any of these type of things that you clear your mind. Anybody have the experience of maybe you're taking a shower and an idea pops into your brain? Guess what? That was meditation, right? And you just had, I get some of my best ideas in the shower. Or doing dishes. Because that chatter is quiet. Shameless plug. <laughs> because I'm all about the shameless plugs. Serenity Pause. This is a wonderful program here in Kansas City. It's at Unity Temple on the plaza, that big, beautiful building on the plaza. It's offered at 12.10 and 5.30 p.m. every single day. Christmas, New Year's, 4th of July, your birthday, any, every day. 
the times, and think about the times when you most need serenity. Perhaps Thanksgiving and all the families around. Or your family's not around and you just want to connect and commune. 365 days a, day, a year, twice a day. This is free and open to the public. It's guided meditation, led by volunteers. My shift is Thursday, every other Thursday at 5.30. I'll be there this Thursday at Unity Temple. So it's guided meditation, very easy to do. If you have no experience, we can help. We'll just give some simple instructions and guide you through it. And this is absolutely free and open to the public. Sometimes we'll put out an offering bowl, sometimes not. But this is a very good place to connect and commune with others and quiet your mind in a beautiful setting. All right, and then lastly, I leave you with resources, and I want to open up to questions. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.